Hi, you're tuned into 90.7 FM, KALX Berkeley. I'm Andrew Saintsing, and this is The Graduates, the interview talk show where we speak to UC Berkeley graduate students about their work here on campus and around the world. Today, I'm joined by Ma'am Suti Torn from the College of Environmental Design. Welcome to the show, Ma'am. Oh, hi, Andrew. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, we have like perfect weather right now. Yeah, yeah. We're recording this uh, in a nice or nice weather window in June. Yeah. So, actually, you are towards the end of your degree program. You just you haven't graduated yet, but you filed your dissertation, right? Yeah, I I already did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Does that feel good? good. Feel like a weight off your shoulders? I know I can sleep very well now. <laughs> <laughs> are you Are you a little sad to be leaving behind the PhD life? Yeah, a little bit. That's kind of. Intimidating that kind of something that keep me staying here because I feel like I'm enjoying doing my research at the same time, but I also want to finish it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've got like something lined up already. You've got a job to go yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. I already started working with a place that I did internship in San Francisco. It's a nonprofit organization called Friends of the Urban Forest. So we, uh, we have been planting more than half of the street in the cities for almost 40 years. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So urban forests, that's like really kind of what you've been studying in your PhD program, right? Right. And um, and next month I'll be, I mean, in August, I'll be going back to Thailand to start teaching. To start teaching? Mm-hmm. Nice. Do you have a university gig lined up? Yes. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, excited. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay. But uh, so to get back to your research, so you study urban forests. What do you study about them? So I did my um, ethnographic fieldwork, and so my interest is how people preserve their old and heritage history in the city. So my focus is in temple gardens in Bangkok, and I question how Buddhist monks and that influence on so- society, culture, and environment, aside cultural values and the powerful status of sacred symbols to the trees. Okay, um, so what's... What what is ethnographic fieldwork? So the ethnographic fieldwork is part of um, qualitative method that they have different methods in the ethnographic. But what I did is participant observation and uh, in-depth interview. So as a participant observation, I spend a lot of time in the temple and doing what they are doing there, like doing meditation and walking with them and observe how they, the relationship between people, like human, in this case, it's a Buddhist monks and temple visitor and how they react to the trees in the temple. Yeah, so, so I interview in total of 45 monks in 15 temples. There, there are actually 452 Buddhist temples in Bangkok and, but you cannot really see it because the, the chain of the transportation system. So it's kind of put the temple from far away from the main road. So, um, I see like, the temples and I I visit all the temples and like start talking to the monks and see how can I get the information about how like the way the ways in which this temple tree are preserved with this cultural construct uh, values and how the monk like preserve the tree. Okay. So you went around uh, to 15 different temples and mm-hmm. you just uh, were interviewing and participating as much as you could in 
monastery life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 There have been a research since um, 1999 and 2009, and we have a list of the heritage tree in the city, and about like 30 percent of them are located in temple gardens. So I visit. I visit those trees first, and I start like doing some observation and talking to some monks before I came 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 up came down to um, fifteen temples. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you yeah. had to do like some legwork beforehand. Yes, so. I did like all the survey and like talked like talk to them and see um, see if there's a chance that I can talk to the um, uh, the abbot or the um, landscape manager of the temples. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because and, yeah, because when you are doing the in-depth interview, like not everyone like willing to talk to you, so you kind of like have to like see right yeah, where you can go. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of a bummer that it's like limited by that. Yeah, yeah. and also like that cultural like so the sangha like the um, it's like the Buddhist society they kind of have the small boundary for female to enter, so we cannot really go like and be part of it like fully part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. That was that must have been irritating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So was your study somewhat the fifteen you chose, I guess, were places where you could have really like forthcoming conversations with people. Right. Would, would you almost have or were there other temples that might have been better if you could have had the same kind of access? Yeah, I, I actually did like um, more than 15 at the beginning and like came down to 15 and um yeah there are some temple that I couldn't have I only interviewed like two or three monks and I couldn't um talk to like the monk with um like higher authorities that have more in-depth information about the gardens or know more about the history of the garden so I have to like remove it from the list mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a pain okay so you're collecting your data by conducting these interviews and mm-hmm. trying and living uh, the life as much as uh, you're able to, um, but so you're doing all these uh, interviews in order to figure out how people are interacting with the trees that are on the temple grounds. Yeah, like so. When I grow up, I, I grew up in Thailand. I've been going to the temples like like regularly, and I see I saw people when this. When they look at the big tree, they bow to the big trees and they pay respect to the big trees, the same way that they pay respect to the monk or the or the Buddha. So that, I mean, I didn't have a question when I grow up because it is something that I see everyone around me doing it. But um, but I start to like wonder what are the factors that make them doing it, and if they pay the respect to every single tree or there's only some trees that they pay the respect and if they like, really respect those trees would that be the way to to preserve the tree because if they really like respect they wouldn't cut them down right right mm-hmm. okay so what did you find were there some trees that were that people paid more respect to yeah there's like um i have the list of like um different factors that have the impact on people perception on those values so I think the first one is uh, I mean it's not like the first one but what I see that is very obvious is um, species do you know the body tree it's kind of like a little round like umbrella shape okay but it's it, it is the one that 
it was the tree that the Buddha sit, sat underneath when he reached enlightenment, and it became a um, symbol of Buddhism. Okay, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Yeah, not only in Asia, but also in, I mean, in Thailand, but also in East Asia, and also they have like the original one in India. So for the body tree, when people see them, they, I mean, when Buddhists see them, they pay respect to that body tree. So I think that species is one like, very important factor. And um, the other thing are like, such as like locations and um, uh, if they have like some liturgical object, like people put like color scarf around the tree or some or, like incense stick or like candle or like some small flowers, like something that they worship. It's kind of like the act of worshiping the tree. And when Buddhists, or my, I would say like Thai people see those things, they feel like there must be something in the tree that other people respect, so I would respect the tree as well. Okay, so with in both cases, the first one, the Bodhi tree, that's obviously got like deep religious importance. Or, Symbol, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the second tree, it's almost because someone has already said that this tree has spiritual importance, right? Yeah, and so, and the reason that they're doing it sometimes because of the spirit in the tree. People believe that there's a spirit in there, and that's why they start, like, bringing um, things to worship the tree. Like, sometimes you can see, like, woman clothes and um, toys, and because they believe that there's, like, a spirit of a woman in that tree, so they bring woman clothes and give it to the tree and the way it's like the way they worship it that show that belief mm-hmm. but so i guess what um originates the belief that there's the spirit in the tree mm-hmm. i would say that it's not um religious belief it's like something that have like it's like the cultural belief in Thai, in thailand that has been long before the buddhist Buddhism come to Thailand and when Buddhism like came to a like, different region of the world they usually kind of like uh, amalgamate with the existing culture to they're not like trying to get rid of the old belief and old culture they try to like blend it together so it's easier for people to accept the religion and that how the the belief of people the the how people that believe in that spirit in trees or in the river or in the rock like combine with the um, religion belief and come combine with the um, the belief of the symbolic of the religion so that when they start like putting more objects to the tree and start having ritual mm-hmm. so it's just kind of because ancestrally this tree has always had spiritual importance. Like it, it, you just have to, the belief that it has a spirit and it just goes far enough back that it's just accepted in the community. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's come from like, um, like, um, belief in some group of people or sometimes that could be like, like some accident and people die there or people thought that they see a ghost there and they're like oh it must come from that tree like one of the interview I talked to the monk I feel like if you are a monk you shouldn't be afraid of ghosts or like spirit or anything <laughs> but there's like, like two young monks that said 
told me that if you see that big tree in the back of the temple, I wouldn't walk like near there in that area at night. <laughs> and he, they kind of like scared, like even to talk about it. And I think uh, the the monk has some rules. It's called um, Tipitaka. It's like um, it's a Pali canon that have been passed on for generations, like over. Like almost two hundred, two thousand five hundred years since the Buddha times, and um, and part of that belief is not include that spirit in the tree. So it's more like um, like the local culture because yeah. because they are. I mean, even their monk, they are human too. So they have their own culture before they became a monk. Mm-hmm. Right, right, for sure. Okay, those were the two main requirements: the species and the and, presence of other identifying features. Yeah, also um, the location. Um, so some trees are like, intentionally planted, like in the kind of in the center, in the center of the temple, or like in front of the assembly hall. So they have more, um, they have more space and like better approach, and people can see them better uh, versus some other tree that maybe like plant in the backside of the building so um so the one that located in a better location like can like get involved with maybe more temple ritual and like people pay more respect and is have more potential to be preserved mm-hmm. and um so the other thing are the origins of the tree. So like two two body t- trees, like if one of them has a sapling that come from um like Bodhigaya, like the place where the um the original trees of the the Buddha like that the Buddha set underneath, so that tree have like more significant origin and people tend to like pay more respect and um, so we got those trees since the period of King Rama Fort. Right now we are um, King Rama tent. So yeah. it's like um, like long time ago, and he got the saplings and he gave it to um, different temples, and and they still have like ceremony every year. They will give the temple like the holy water from the palace to conduct a ritual to pay respect to the tree. Mm-hmm. So in some temple, they, they even have like um kind of like fence, like a gate that lock and only open for the certain hours, then allow people to go in there because they're afraid that people are going to collect the leaf or pull the branch and might hurt the tree. Mm-hmm. People would collect the leaves just for their own. Because it's like a um, sacred symbol. They believe that if they keep the leaf, they might, it's kind of like something that they brought home and worship it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting, right? The so on the one hand, you're studying what makes people think trees are like worthy worthy of protection, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and a lot of that comes to investing cultural and spiritual symbols in these trees, right? But then when people have this spiritual investment in the tree, then they are almost more prone to hurt it because they want the part of the tree for themselves. That's true. Yeah, and it's also like. Um, kind of uh, paradoxical for monks as well because in the the monk precept there's like 227 rules for the monk it's kind of like monastic rule that they they have to follow and one of them is not to cut any part of the trees so the monk feel like they are prohibited from cutting trees but 
if they are going to provide uh, proper care to trees, they they need to cut some branch that to to um keep the trees healthy. Right. So so when I did the interview, like, uh, most of the monks said that, oh no, we're not gonna cut the tree. We just let it go as it is like but if we live like 200 years ago and we're not living in um, such an urban environment the trees might go well without without those cares but this day because like these temples are in really like high density urban settings so they really need um, suitable care to like to survive right mm-hmm. so how do they are they just kind of go with the flow <laughs> like yeah. what are they doing about- I mean there's like a few temples that monk really take really good care of trees and I can notice it since I walk in there and they like have like really proper pruning and the tree are in good shape and they're like really like the garden are really tidy and I talked to the monk and they said we we are the one who like take care of them because we spend the most time here but we will do it like after hour when because the temple not open twenty four hours, so they do it when there are no temple visitors. But um, but most other place they just let uh, temple visitors or people who um regularly regularly come to the temple to like take care of it. So sometimes it's not very. Most of the tree are not in a very good condition. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do the Buddhist monks in like Bangkok have a? really big role in maintaining um, environmental health of the city? Yeah, it's, I mean, like, from my interview, I only found, like, maybe one or two temples from the 15 temples that the Buddhist monk doing it. I mean, the, I mean, because the monastic rule said we're not cutting the tree, so most of them don't want to cut the tree. But there are a few monks that... Um, try to develop the temple and they see that to make the development to the temple is to build more to have more buildings and a few of them mentioned that yeah there's some tree that we have to cut them down because we need a new building Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you you study how people interact with trees and like Mm -hmm. what um what meaning they uh invest trees with and you're interested in this from the point of view of understanding how this impacts um, environmental preservation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, kind of, what, how has the environmental preservation aspect factored into your dissertation work? Um, yeah, because there are like um, almost 500 temples in the city, and from that previous research that I found like in 2009 they found more diversity of the tree species and they found more large and old trees on temple garden so so I just I I want to study how those trees be preserved like compared with other land use and um and with the the factors that I found like the species the size of the tree the locations and the origins of the tree and um and how people react to those trees like how they do like worship and like having ritual like um toward the tree like if those are the factors that make the temple tree survive like can we use those factors to like preserve the tree outside the temples mm-hmm. okay so do you do you think that's a a good route to go down, like to 
I, I guess you're still trying to figure out like what exactly those factors are. Right. right. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, we know how to provide proper care and we, I mean, we don't have the regulation, like, but even we have it, if people do not believe that it's important to preserve the trees, they, they're not going to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you think this, uh, the, you know, I guess like the, with the Bodhi tree and uh, some of the um, other cultural investments in the trees, it's mm-hmm. kind of specific maybe to Thailand or like the specific place you're studying in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Do you think these are factors that you could incorporate into more more globally, like in cities around the world? Do you like, think it's gonna like applicable in other places? Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I believe that like everyone have some belief. Even they said that like, I, I don't have any religion, but they must, I mean, everyone must have like something that they believe. And, um, and we already have a lot of knowledge in them, like scientific approach, like how to preserve those, that, those trees and, um, how to make it better, like environmentally. But, um, I think this, um, spiritual and cultural transformation, would be the key like for us like, to fight the um, climate crisis right now yeah mm-hmm. yeah just thinking of like my neighborhood growing up and you're always like driving by and <coughs> people mm-hmm. are just like trees are just falling down people are cutting them down it's yeah. just because they want lawn i guess mm-hmm. that, that would be like how do you convince people who are really believe in having like a grassy lawn that it would right. be better to have trees yeah there are some other factors like um that i haven't mentioned like if there's some people that some important people planting the tree that that's like we have like trees that plant by the king or the royal family or the tree that i mean if we apply somewhere else it can be a tree that planted by your great great grandmas and they will have like sentimental values to the people and i think the story that come with the tree if we preserve that like um, that cultural part of the tree, it will be something that help um, preserve that environmental values of the tree. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just a reminder that I'm speaking with Ma'am Suti Thorne from the College of Environmental Design, and we're talking about her dissertation work on the spiritual and cultural value that people place in trees and how that impacts uh, environmental preservation of trees and urban landscapes. Yeah. How did you get invested in urban gardens or just more generally, how did you get invested in environmental design? Um, so my background is architecture and I studied landscape architecture at the universe, University of Washington. And then, but back then I really focused more on the design and how to make it like functional for people and how to make it look like beautiful and I mean I also like care about the environment but that's part of it but not really I don't really believe much much in them that the cultural values can have impact on like environmental preservation but um but when I work with uh the nonprofit group in Bangkok called Bangkok Big Tree and we realized that people start cutting more trees because it didn't provide them um, economic benefit and uh, and I realized that we don't have any tree preservation, urban tree preservation regulations so pe- anyone can do anything with um, big trees in the city so they have a list of the um, species that you 
have to get permission to cut down, but those leaves are not really like trees in the um, urban environment. So it's more like um in the rural or in the forest. Right. So so I start to like think because um sometimes we might have to cut down some trees if they're not um structurally healthy and if it caused damage. But if we can preserve them, why people don't do it and um, I understand that when they put a lot of money like investing in um, on a properties, they want to get the money back. And right. so, um, so I start to like talk to people and see how, what are the possible way to make people preserve those trees. Mm-hmm. So when I I work in um, I work at Jolalongkorn University, and we had. Um, workshop with UC Berkeley so that when I start having connection with um, CED with the, at Berkeley and I start talking to some faculty here and like interested in like the, the approach and how we are like very open here like so like if you want to st- I study landscape architecture but if I want to do the research here I don't have to only focus in landscape architecture they really like encourage me to like go to um spam like um anthropology like um like geography I, I they like really say that I need to go and explore and see overall view of this topic and and that really challenging but really rewarding yeah yeah so College of Environmental Design is really a great place for like a lot of collaborative research. Yeah, so I so I so the only the first year that I took class there and after that I just like go all over the campus and like um yeah, so they have like really um I really love Berkeley. I mean even it's kind of like difficult. I know that it's difficult, but when I'm really here it's like a lot more difficult than I expect, but I feel like I learn a lot and um and it's really like kind of changed the way I look at the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you you're sad to leave it? I guess. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm happy that I finish it, and a little sad to leave yeah. the, the city. Yeah. So you started. You were in landscape architecture, mm-hmm. and then you. How How did you decide that you wanted to do landscape architecture? To like how, when you went to University of Washington, why'd you go there to that program? Oh, um, so I have I have um architectural background, and when I decide a building, I feel like it's not complete yet. So I think landscape architecture will like complement the um, architecture, and I also like interested in um like trees and gardens. So and also the environment and how people because like when you build a building, you kind of like taking from the environment. A yeah. little bit. I mean, you can do like green architecture to like be better for the environment, but also you don't really you want to contribute back. Mm. Right. Sure. Have you always kind of had an interest in gardens and trees? Since, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I. Yeah, I grew up like. Um. So my dad really liked to do gardening, and um, so we have many trees in our small garden at home. And we we spend a lot of time outside, and and we usually go to the um, outside Bangkok to like see trees and to the um, yeah to like different kind of like natural setting like so. Well, 
I guess in Berkeley, it's like you probably had an apartment, right? But did you get to do any uh, like sort of gardening. gardening and stuff here while you were uh, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have I I grow everything from my kitchen at my apartment. So um, so my friend like they thought that the only thing that can grow on the on the balcony is um all the sedums like um cactus but i start growing tomatoes and everything else that edible and they're like, so impressed they start doing it too cool yeah and i i also like go to the um, gill track farm you know at um uc village uh no i don't know it mm-hmm. so they have like um kind of like a community farm that anyone can go there and you like spend hours like working in the farm and you can harvest uh, vegetable as much as you want. I mean that you're gonna eat and you just like, write it down. So they are always looking for volunteers, and it's part of the UC Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's it called? The uh, track So it's at um, I think San Pablo and Marin. Yeah, it's like at the corner of UC Village. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. yeah, so anyone can go and like just do gardening and get some food from there, like fresh vegetable. Yeah, yeah. You think that's like a you're a big believer in like community gardens and like uh yeah, I guess urban gardening in general. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So we're coming towards the end of our time. Um usually at the end of the show we have a section where guests are invited to make any points they'd like to make about their field or social issues. So I'll just give you an opportunity to talk about anything you'd like to talk about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we are in um, um climate crisis, and although we have the like, data and like environmental policy, but mo- I think all of that policy based on cost benefit analysis. So it's kind of like if we're gonna get money back if we like invest in planting trees. So that why people just like don't get the um, money to plant trees. And but my point is. So trees are the only thing that change the energy from the sun to become something that support people to survive and everything else on earth. So it has more values beyond that um, monetary values. So I think what important is the way that we look and perceive our nature and um, how we preserve it is um, that we need people to believe in the um, cultural and um, spiritual or like religion to um, to preserve those trees. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the yeah cultural value, spiritual value can really help us in convincing people that environmental preservation is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and working towards managing climate change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think we already have like um in like scientific knowledge that will help us, but um so the decision is will based on what we believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. trying to change the hearts of people who, for whatever reason, won't accept the scientific necessity of managing yeah. climate change, right? Yeah. So I think it's like if we can respect the tree as much we as we respect ourselves, like we we can survive together. Yeah, mm-hmm. great point. All right, well, ma'am, thank you so much for being on the show. Today, I've been speaking with ma'am Suthi Torn from the College of Environmental Design. She's spoken about uh, 
the spiritual and cultural values of trees and how we can use our uh, love of trees and other people's uh, investment in trees to try to preserve our environment and um, manage climate change. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, tune in in two weeks for the next episode of The Graduates. <laughs>